Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the Riptide. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. Ah, back in the studio again. Yes. So I'm always happy to be here. Yes, and we've got uh, our good friend uh, Tasty. Hello, everybody. Uh, nice Tasty, to be here. Tastycles, the uh, the uh, Greek god of brewing. We got Scott, uh, man on the board. I was just talking about uh, the the Fuller's uh, acquisition by Asahi. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Which really just crushes me because um, you know they held out. You know they've been brewing on that spot for 350 years, and anybody who's telling you that Sahi's not going to sell the property is just fooling themselves because they paid 250 million pounds. The brewery business uh, generates something like 20 million pounds um, for the brewery business. The the pub bre- pub business. Is like another forty million or twenty million in uh, in revenue, but the Asahi bought the brewery. So is Asahi going to sit and plug away and make twenty million pounds a year for the next fifteen years to to pay off their their purchase of of the brewery, or are they going to sell that property for two hundred fifty million pounds? People say it's worth a hundred million pounds, but it's property in London along the river, which is really hard to come by. You know they're not, they're not making yeah. any more of it. They're going to be able to sell that property for probably you know two hundred million pounds and get their money back out of it right away. And then we've lost the the last you know of the traditional breweries that was in London. It's, it's been gone. in the same spot for three hundred and fifty years. Three hundred fifty years. That is unbelievable. Yep. Wow. And uh, Fuller's has had it for the, the, that family. Um, Fuller Fuller Turner and Smith uh, been there one hundred and seventy five years, something like that. Uh, wow. wow! So, you know, they, there's stuff stored away in there that people don't even know what's there. <laughs> it's all these old buildings, and yeah. it is it is a really cool place. But man, it just it just crushed me. Absolutely crushed. Yeah. Me. Sad to see that go. And- yeah. Well. Maybe, you know. maybe they'll build like a, a Walmart super center or something, Jamil. I mean, you know, chin up. Right, right. Maybe it'll be uh, really expensive condos that I can't afford. Well, speaking of uh, things, uh, really nice things that I can afford, uh, I want to tell you about Blickman Engineering, uh, pro brewing side. Uh, they're your nano experts. They're hybrid brew houses available from two to seven barrels. Blend the simplicity of home brewing with the needs of a pro brewer. All at an amazing price to get your brewery operating quickly and profitably. Looking for the best quality and longest warranty in cellaring equipment? They understand compact brewing spaces and have developed fermenters and bright tanks that are tuned to 
Nano Brewery needs. Blickman Engineering Pro Brewing. Check out our amazing hybrid systems, 3.5 barrel systems starting at just $12,500. That includes the chiller, the controls, electric heaters, hoses, and much more. Looking for a smaller pilot system? They got that covered too. Check them out, BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, and I want to say, fine sponsor of this show and fine guest of the show. We've got uh, John Blickman himself joining us today. How you doing, John? Great. Glad to be here. Much warmer than where I was over the weekend. <laughs> thanks for thanks for uh, taking the time for us and doing these shows. All right. Happy to do it. Happy to be here. Well, all right. So uh, in the last show, we were talking about uh, weight and uh, pH. Again, important measurements. We've been doing a series of uh, measurement shows. And, um, y- you know, I think it behooves everyone to listen to these and to kind of fine-tune what they're doing. Because it's not enough to buy a tool, but... You need to know how to use it and how to use it correctly and how to get the most of the tool. Um, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of tools, um, <laughs> uh, I'm such a such a cut up. Um, today we wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, see if we can fit all this in here. We want to talk about uh, uh, dissolved oxygen, specific gravity, pressure, and length. Or distance, if you prefer. Girth? No? Distance. Go Nothing? It's Bueller? a tough crowd here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Circumference? Circumference. Yes. Yes. Um, why don't we start off with uh, pressure measurements? Uh, I, uh, okay, I'll start. I'll jump right in. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of times people... You know, when you're working homebrew, tend not to do too much with pressure measurements uh, unless you're kegging, right? Uh, Tasty. Um, you know, uh, in kegging, what's what's important to, about pressure? Well, obviously, to keep you know keep a pressure within its allowable range. I mean, you have to make sure that uh, you don't overpressurize something, you know, beyond its limits of the container. Right, burst you know, burst your your keg, a keg or carboy, whatever you're right. putting pressure into, mm-hmm. uh, that would be relevant. So you need to have some way to measure that or have some sort of safety, like relief, mm-hmm. pressure relief valve. Uh, but when I think of pressure, I generally think of, you know, a keg around pressurizing a keg. To, right, carbonating. To, to and carbonate it or to decarbonate it, depending mm-hmm. on what my situation you're looking, is. You're looking for fairly precise pressures trying to get a fairly consistent carbonation value. Right. Correct? Makes a big difference, you know, especially on dispensing beer and uh, commercial brewers uh, seem to have trouble to getting mm-hmm. beer to the correct pressure. It's always amazing how that seems so variable. Well, and, uh, you know, if you if you look at it, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about temperature measurements as well. Uh, temperature goes along with pressure to get your proper carbonation of, mm-hmm. of your beer. If you're having trouble, you know, serving, um, you know, a lot of times, like I said uh, during uh, one of those shows, I think um, I have bought uh, you know probably fifty or a hundred gauges since opening the brewery, and you know we check them all, and the vast majority of them are off when we get them, and some have been off uh, as much as seven psi. Wow, that's a lot of right. That's and we, a big difference in pouring pressure. That's, that's a pretty. 
right. fairly narrow range, and that's a big part of the range. Absolutely. Right. And so uh, that also brings up the point of range. When you're when you're measuring the pressure coming out of the tank, if, if it's CO2, you need to measure at least, you know, 800 PSI um, of a CO2 tank. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're measuring nitrogen, it's in the 3,000, 3,500 range. So a nitrogen, a gauge for nitrogen uh, is going to be, you know, reads up maybe zero to 4,000 for CO2, maybe to 2,000. Um, and then when you'll step down that pressure, you're going to use a gauge that is, you know, zero to 60 or zero to 100. And that's going to be uh, a little bit more accurate. But, you know, you can't overdrive that either. You can't hook that up directly to the tank. What about calibrating pressure gauges? Oh, I, that's probably you're most familiar with that. I'm, mm. I have not had to do that much myself. There's the dead weight testers, but they're right. fairly expensive. And we're talking about uh, weights, um, weights and pressure gauges. That's how you mm-hmm. you test a pressure gauge with a, a known weight, and they are real pricey. So, um, and if you go to a place, uh, there are places that will calibrate gauges for you, and that's essentially what they use. It's these these known weights, and then it, it provides a certain amount of uh, pressure on a on a sealed chamber on a, of a certain which, diameter, yeah. right? And that should be known. Um, but what I was able to do was to buy a very large gauge, you know, a large diameter, uh, like a, it's maybe a seven or eight inch uh, dial that um, was uh, a certified gauge. Get that in. We try not to bump it around. I hooked it up to a manifold uh, with, uh, you know, a vacuum uh, pump and a little, you know, hand vacuum pressure pump and, um then connections for all the different types of uh, gauges we use. So we can hook that up and then pressurize it to, you know, 15 PSI or 8 PSI and just check that the gauges match. And uh, that we believe, you know, this is our standard. I bet you it's not as great as, you know, going off to, you know, some uh, government lab. It's the uh, major standards right. or something like that. But uh, it's pretty darn close. Yeah. And at least, you know, we have something that we can say, uh, you know, here is our, our, our proof, our calibration, our, our measurement. It's what we do here. It's our right. procedure. And if we need to get something calibrated, we just get that one gauge calibrated, pay for that to be calibrated, and then, uh, you know, once a year, and then we check all our gauges against If they match that. up against that one, you figure, well, we're good. Yep. yep. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that we've been doing it. But, you know. That's a homebrew. I'm, I, I, I'm right. trying to think, is there any way that I, I, I mean, I have, you know, a uh, CO2 gauge that I use to carbonate my beers to not right. all dialing it into like 12.5 degrees is where, where I want it, you know. Yep. Yep. And, uh, or PSI. And, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I go like, really? How do I even know that, that that's even correct? Like, wish it was some way. Well, that's the fascinating thing. way to like right. compare because um, you know those uh, temperature pressure charts for CO two volumes. Yeah. There, there's no oh, this doesn't work. That is absolutely correct. You know that is that is fact. That's not speculation. Yeah, those are printed. <laughs> those charts. Print. Yeah. Those charts are based on yeah. uh, you know the physics of. Right. Pressure and, uh, you know, temperature. yeah, temperature. So it's 100% correct. Mm-hmm. 
the way that that doesn't work for you is if your temperature measurement is incorrect or your pressure measurement is incorrect. Right. That's when that chart doesn't work for you. Or both. Right. But it's, it, I mean, it's, that's yeah. based on, you know, scientific Science. reality. Yeah. yeah. So there's a formula. It is a formula, actually. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, I want to uh, see if we can um, come up with some simple way to calibrate a uh, homebrew gauge. We'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. And do you want to learn more about the microbes responsible for making your sour and farmhouse beers? If so, join White Lambs at their San Diego, California facility or online through their live webcast March 12th for their Sour Beer Essentials Workshop. This class will explore the finer points of fermenting sour beer, intricacies of handling the yeast and bacteria, the history and traditions of these beers, and so much more. For more information, head to whitelabs.com slash education. All right, we we're talking about uh, pressure and and uh, how to calibrate pressure gauges. Um, Tasty and I really couldn't come up with anything uh, during the break. I'm sort of like building your own weight weight to uh, do in your garage or anything. Like right. That, but, uh, yeah. but well, well, we've done it at our shop because oh, we, um, we do you know a lot of pressure measurement stuff and temperature mm-hmm. measurement and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about the temperature uh, uh, one uh, in the previous show, 
which just invest in a really nice um, and, and you kind of mentioned it earlier. Just get it, get an accurate gauge that you keep as your calibrator. Right. And then you know if you want to spend the money to send it in and get it checked, you know annually or or you know every other year or whatever, you can do that. What what we've got is a, a digital pressure gauge mm-hmm. um, that we use. That um, I think at the time we spent like 120 bucks on it, so kind of you know a little bit more expensive, 150 bucks. Um, but now you oh, really? can get some uh, the digital gauges for the ones, 75 bucks. The ones I see that are you know considered uh, uh, certified, they're over a grand. Yeah, I mean you can get some really high end yeah. uh, models that carry the NAST right. uh, certification and all that. But the uh, one thing that you'll get with a digital type uh, pressure gauge, um, they use you know some of them will use like a you know like a ceramic uh, capacitive type mm-hmm. uh, transducer or a PZO type transducer things like that. But they're not they're not as um, fragile and don't go out of calibration as easily right. and then with the electronics they're a lot more um linear than mm-hmm. you know your typical your typical uh, pressure gauge on a uh cake system yeah. yeah they're See, like a board on to my the, if you look inside my concern and, is and just keep that and use that for your reference my concern is that you know if it's off one psi uh out of a hundred um you know that one psi when you're when you're talking about carbonating your homebrew is substantial. You need you need quite a bit of precision. Okay, so I just came up with one other thought. You get a tall column of water, right? <laughs> Air on one side and the column of water, and then uh, uh, so essentially a, a tube, a piece of hose, right? And you get a, like a, a thirty foot piece of hose. On one end, you attach your your uh, your pressure gauge, and you lift both ends 15 feet in the air, and then you start filling one side, right? You fill that side to a known number of feet of uh, water, and that would be a precise pressure. A simple manometer, old there school. There you go. Um, cheap and uh, should be quite precise. Uh, but I think one of the things to do is maybe for a homebrew club to get one of these large gauges, a manifold to hook up to, to common gauge types and then um, you know get that calibrated and you know the homebrew club could do this and people could come to the meetings and check all their gauges against it. Um, I don't think I spent 100, 150 bucks on, on that and uh, that would be a nice thing uh, you know, for a club to do I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get super precision, and um, yeah, that'd be great. Kind club of a social a, thing. Hey, club member could buy a brand brand new gauge and use that as their reference. They could right. hold back one, just go and have it calibrated to this mm-hmm. calibration mm-hmm. device, right? And uh, just put that aside, and they can use it as their own calibrator. Well, there you go. All yeah. right, um, all good ideas. Let's talk about uh, dissolved oxygen. All right, measuring DO. I think the only way to measure it is with a with a meter. I drink your beer. Yeah. Tastes like shit. <laughs> but yeah, that is a, that is a good good uh, topic. Well, and one one of the things that I always said was, well, if you're not set up to measure DO, you should just be consistent in the amount of time and the volume that you're putting out, and at least measure those. And then if you've used too much dissolved oxygen, you know, in a batch, 
then the next time you brew it, you reduce the amount of time or volume that you're putting out. And if you measure, you know, your liters per minute and you uh, measure your amount of time, now not all of it gets uh, transferred to the to the wort, but at least you've got a measurement of, okay, I've put uh, 10 liters of oxygen into my five-gallon batch over a period of, uh, you know, two minutes. Uh, That's on micron level. Yeah, let me, let me, you know, go to eight. Let me go to 12. At least you've got something. Yeah. But uh, the dissolved oxygen uh, meters for uh, checking wort dissolved oxygen, they're pretty cheap these days and pretty accurate. Uh, really? It's when you want to get into measuring um, parts per billion that the meters become very expensive. When it's parts per million, you're down to like 100 bucks. Um, yeah, Lamont sells those. And, uh, you know, they're quite accurate and, um, you know, very good for measuring your wort dissolved oxygen. Mm. And why does measuring your dissolved oxygen matter? Fermentation. Big part of fermentation does they have a good yep. uh, dissolved oxygen level. Yeah. Absolutely. Critical. Yeah. Critical. Consistency of fermentation yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the main thing consistency. Yep. Well, and that's why I always like you know measure time and, and at least the volume of sea, of air you're putting in or or oxygen you're putting in. Yeah, if it turns out to be too much, then back off that. At least you're, you're right. measuring. At least you're doing something. Something, yeah. So uh, dissolved oxygen meters. There are some that um, again are meant for uh, in line for breweries where they can handle the heat of sanitizing uh, and cleaning. Um, you know they're they're built to be mounted in a uh, in a in a T that uh, is in your work path, and um, <clears throat> uh, they can they can be uh, you know ca- cleaned with caustic and sanitized. Uh, then they're the ones that you just have the little probe like on a pH meter, and you you know just uh, stick that in there. Um, I think you know for commercial brewery, uh, you should at least have. Some basic meter. If you're not, then you're going to struggle. And um, you know, as as you get money and you can afford these really expensive probes that can handle, you know, uh, being put in place and cleaned in place, um, that's a nice thing to have as well. Um, let's see. There's ways to calibrate them as well. Yeah. Um, I forget how to calibrate them. It's well, nitrogen and then it's boiled oxygen. water. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I I did this myself when I was uh, writing the aeration section of the how to brew. Um, there are there are tables, you know, in CRC and mm-hmm. online that give you the equilibrium uh, pressure uh, and dissolved oxygen at various altitudes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there's experimental data uh, out there that you know um, basically say that if you're at you know 10 ppm at you know this altitude at standard temperature and pressure if you boil that water um, for an extended period of time you can knock that down to I think it's 4 ppm mm-hmm. um, is, is the kind of like the the asymptote Mm-hmm. Uh, level, and so um, that you can use that you boil water for a while, put the probe in, and uh, that's how I was able to verify right. that I was getting, you know, reasonably accurate, uh, p- you know, 
parts per million mm-hmm. uh, values for my oxygenation experiments. Yeah, the problem with uh, the boiling water, I mean, you have to let it cool before you can put the probe in. Right. Uh, because they won't ha- handle boiling temperatures unless you've got one of those special probes. Um, yeah, I think the, the ones that come with the probe, they talk about uh, just gassing with nitrogen. Um, yeah. As, yeah, as, your, as your zero. And then uh, maybe gassing it with oxygen, I guess, for um, whatever reading that would be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, critical critical item to have. There's not too many other ways of measuring it. There's There, there might be some titratable way of doing it. I mean, that's the way pretty much everything was measured back in the day, I think. Before they could come up with meters for things, they had some some way of measuring things. Um, okay, all right. So uh, that would be dissolved oxygen. Anything else to add to that? Um, I don't have anything. Yeah, what one thing that I uh, uh, that I had done is is done a, a range. You'd mentioned about you know just knowing if I do it this time and this mm-hmm. um, volume. I actually just uh, uh, measured. In a carboy, uh, different flow rates. I used uh, one of the oxygen flow regulators that actually always mm-hmm. puts out a consistent. You right. set the flow rate, not the pressure. Right, get one of the medical ones because they yeah. they actually uh-huh. versus one of the welding ones. Right, uh, and um, and I just immersed the probe in there and and did it for various times, and then just measured the uh, dissolved oxygen. Mm-hmm. Until I got to 10 ppm, mm-hmm. and and then I know, okay, I just need to run it at this many liters a minute mm-hmm. for this amount of time, and I'm and I'm uh, right on it. Yep. There you go. Consistency. Uh, you know, time and volume will always always help you. All right. Uh, let's see here. Now, uh, where are we at? Yeah. All right. Let's take a short break, and when we come back. We'll have, uh, we'll talk about specific gravity next, right after this. Are you looking for a simple brewing system that's great for all grain brewing, but everything on the market seems to be full of compromises? Blickman Engineering has the answer. The Blickman Brew Easy All Grain Brewing System. The Brew Easy is a complete system with easy upgrades and a beautiful compact design, perfect for any size brewing location. At its core, the Brew Easy is built on two gorgeous Blickman Boilermaker brew kettles, a high temperature March pump, and either a top tier gas burner or the new boil coil electric heater. The Brew Easy adapter lid allows the pots to stack on top of each other, forming an efficient, strong, and compact brewing setup that comes in 5, 10, and 20-gallon batch sizes. Upgrade your BrewEasy system with full automated control by adding a Blickman Tower of Power temp controller and make moving around easy with the Blickman Kettle Cart. The BrewEasy is modular. If you already own a Boilermaker kettle, you can build your BrewEasy by purchasing just the modules you need. The new BrewEasy all-grain brewing system. See it today at BlickmanEngineering.com and brew with Blickman quality on your new BrewEasy. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash and boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature 
archer rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. Learning to brew has never been so disgusting. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. And this segment is brought to you by Brewers Publications, publisher of the Brewing Element Series, a four-part set exploring the fundamental ingredients in beer, water, malt, hops, and yeast. Each book offers detailed scientific examination, practical instruction, and recipes for both homebrewers and craft brewers. Find the Brewing Element Series at brewerspublications.com. I tell you, you got like uh, half the half the books off, authored here uh, <laughs> between water and yeast, right? A good portion of them, for sure. There you go. I think there that's a solid uh, solid series. It's uh, worthy of being on any uh, brewer's bookshelf. There you go. All right, so we we're going to talk about uh specific gravity next. Uh tasty why is specific gravity important to brewing? Well, it's it's the measure of how much uh sugar is in concentration in your liquid and uh, obviously that's what we're doing is we're taking uh Sugars and adding some yeast and making a fermentable beverage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the more control you have over that, the better product you can get at the end. And right, right. Your hydrometer is uh, your your friend. It's the best, uh, cheapest instrument any brewer, home brewer, mm-hmm. or professional can mm-hmm. have by far. Well, and uh, uh, you know, uh, again, consistency. If you're trying to brew. Um, you know, a beer and perfect a beer and make make the best beer possible, which everybody wants to do. I'm shocked at the people that, oh, I want to make the best beer in the world, but I don't want to measure, you know, specific gravity. Anytime, the beginning, right. the end, or whatever. Like, yeah. you're, you're kidding me. I mean, how are you actually going to repeat this beer? Well, how do you know how many hops to put in if you don't know what you're making? Right, like? right. How do you know if the thing attenuated properly? How do you know? Uh, again, I know it's done. We, we check pH every day. We check uh, specific gravity every day. And that's how we know things are progressing properly. Uh, you know, we, we, we chart it against time. And if something's fermenting slower, there's a problem. If it's fermenting faster, there's a problem. It should always, the yeast will repeat exactly what they did before. Even in the same environment. Time and time again. We'll do that. Yep. And if they don't repeat, then you go like, well, you messed the up. You there's, messed up something. There's an environmental issue here that right. yeast is giving out or. It's too good, or it's too bad, or whatever. It's, it needs to be looked at. Yeah, it makes it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Palmer, what what's what are the ways you can measure specific gravity? Well, the hydrometer, is, as Tasty says, is the most uh, basic measurement. Mm-hmm. Um, Reliable and you, accurate too. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. They it, it does need to be calibrated, and certainly when you buy a hydrometer at the homebrew shop, um, you should check it, um, mm-hmm. calibrate it. You know, if when you get a chance, um, put it in some distilled water at the correct temperature, and you should read zero. Mm-hmm. And um, where do you read on the hydrometer? Bottom of the meniscus, top, yeah. where, yeah. right? Bottom yeah. of the meniscus. We yeah. had a debate about this. Yeah. Oh no, it's the bottom of the meniscus. <laughs> There's no debate. Huh? That that's what we uh, I think that we settled in on. Okay. Because yeah. the the little lip that goes up constitutes right. a very small amount of the volume compared mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the flat level. Everything I was taught in lab at UC Davis was bottom mm-hmm. of the meniscus. <laughs> yep. Where where the where the thing curves, that line, that's where you read. You don't read up on the sides. The up on the sides, like uh, Mr. Blickman is saying, is uh, negligible in the right. weight of the right. uh, the thing. Um, you don't want it stuck to the side of the glass. Um, you don't want uh, a ton of uh, air in the solution. You want to let the, the air get out of the solution. If you have bubbles in there, it's actually uh, a lot of air in there will reduce the um, um, density of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like John saying, temperature. Um, there's a bubble t- stuck. Bubble stuck to the, the hydrom- uh, hydrometer. hydrometer. Itself, when you're measuring carbonated, mm-hmm. you know, beer that's got been fermenting and it's got some carbonation in it. Right. You can slosh it uh, container to container to decarbonate your degas your your uh, solution, and then um, spin the hydrometer to flick off any uh, bubbles that are stuck. Uh, make sure it's not stuck against the side. Uh, it's important to have a nice level surface. Set that up there so that uh, when you measure, it's not tilted over and dragging on the side of the glass. Generally, it'll overcome most of that. But you know, if you're looking for a precise measurement, um, and it's yeah. relatively easy to make a precise calibration solution too. Mm-hmm. You just uh, need an accurate gram scale and weigh out. You know. Um, make a 10 Plato solution. Uh, nice thing about Plato is that it's you know grams of sucrose per uh, weight of solution. So mm-hmm. uh, a 10 Plato solution is 10 grams of, of sucrose in 100 grams of solution. And uh, so to make that, you would weigh out 90 grams of water and then 10 grams of sugar and mix it together. And there's your 10 Plato's calibration solution. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There you go. Okay. Now, um, hydrometers are popular. They're, they're inexpensive. Although, uh, I have some very expensive hydrometers we use, uh, in the distillery. Uh, and we have some sort of pricey ones we use in the, the brewery. And it kills me every time somebody breaks one. Um, yes. but for the distillery, they have to be certified. There has to be paperwork on them. Um, but you can use uh, hydrometers to measure all sorts of things. We we can use them to measure glycol solutions, uh, alcohol. Um, uh, they have them for urine. They have them for they have them for pretty much anything that's in solution. They have a hydrometer calibrated for it. Yes. Hey. And you can yes, and you can get them in different ranges. I've got right. a mm, just a standard point. one that I use for wort, right. and then I have a finishing hydrometer that I use for uh, uh, just checking my final gravity. Mm-hmm. And it it just has a uh, a shorter range that's mm-hmm. spread out more, and right. so I can get a more accurate reading. 
uh, higher precision. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then accuracy is based on calibration. You taught us that in, uh, I think, our first show, right? That uh, about is temperature. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, same thing in the brewery. If you have a commercial brewery, especially, you need a range of hydrometers. Um, the, the, the bulbs tend to be fatter. The, you know, the, the, the stems on them tend to be longer. And then uh, you need larger hydrometer jars. But uh, like uh, John Blickman's saying, uh, you know, there's the shorter range. I think they tend to go from like a, uh, zero to eight uh, Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. And um, then you'll get one from like, you know, eight or six to 12 or 14. And, you know, uh, you get one from 12 to 25. And um, this, uh, you know shortens the range and spreads out your marks and gives you a, a much more precise measurement. And when you're when you're doing beer, uh, they give you some leeway, but they are serious about you actually reporting the correct ABV on your labels. Um, and getting these measurements correct are important to that. So you need to adjust for temperature as well. Um, either get your solution to the the temperature that your hydrometer's calculated for or use a correction table. Um, that's important. Uh, what else to add about hydrometers? Um, well, you, 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 one interesting thing is you talk about Play-Doh, um, there's bricks, there's uh, specific mm-hmm. gravity, and and uh, all it seems that homebrewers are gravity. more focused on um, using specific gravity, and, and uh-huh. probers mostly use Play-Doh. Yes. Uh, at least in the U.S. I think... Um, in Europe, I, I see a lot more specific gravity. Europe and Australia. Yeah, and when when you talk to them, you're like Plato, and they're like, "What?" I'm like, yeah. you know, they're thinking you're talking philosophy or something. Yeah, here we spend this to work in both, right? Because both are around. So. Right, right. But yeah, specific gravity. Um, uh, either one's fine. It just depends yeah. on. Um, I prefer specific gravity myself. It it does it, I I like it too because I mean you already have a certain amount of precision built in yeah. versus Play-Doh where you're talking one Play-Doh two Play-Doh you know then you've got to go like you know four point one four point two and then yeah um, yeah yeah um, but any of those are fine now uh, John Blickman what about uh, uh, Going uh, to refractometers. What's what's the deal with refractometers? I mean, hydrometer, very accurate. It doesn't matter what the color of the solution is. Refractometers seem to, you know, not necessarily be as as good with beer. I think they used to be really expensive. I mean, several hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here recently, they've come down a lot. And so people have started using them, and, and people have started talking about these things. Like, you know, what are they? What are they best for? Are they calibrated for mm-hmm. a sucrose solution only? Are right. they? Are they calibrated for uh, beer wort? Um, you know, and you've got you know the wine industry uses bricks, and the uh, home brewers uh, predominantly use uh, specific gravity. And you know, and then one of the other things that you can do with um, uh, hydrometers that you really can't do as easily anyway with a refractometer is uh, measuring it with alcohol in it, meaning after you've had some fermentation, mm-hmm. um, they just 
um, they don't read as there's there's not the corrections for those uh, like there is for um, hydrometers. But uh, the one thing that's really nice about them is you just need a couple drops of solution and you can get a very quick reading. Mm-hmm. And and they talk about um, you know this big fancy oh it's automatic temperature compensation blah blah blah. What they're really it's a bunch of marketing ploy for right. you're putting a couple of drops of hot solution on a, on, on a mass on a glass of metal plate or, that's yeah. cold yeah mm-hmm. and it's going to cool it very quickly down to you know the the temperature of the device and, and 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 then you can measure it so it's not really doing there's no, no magic going on well it one just of the cools those drops one of the things when i was using you know you can get the uh, you know 20 25 refractometers uh from homebrew shops and you know mm-hmm. online and what i found was you know you'd add those drops if you waited you would see the bricks or the uh, the specific gravity start to drop i think it was or rise i found them just climb a smidge yeah and the line climb gets a little sharper as, as it well. as it cools right yeah mm-hmm. and so uh, uh i would always cool my my drops before that I'd take a metal spoon get a little bit let it cool put an ice cube on it and then drop it on there um make sure to dry it though right the, the other don't want to be mixing it with water, water and sure. diluting it. the the other thing was um uh, the color of the wort and the type of wort made a difference. So what I ended up doing, I found that calibrating the refractometer to zero with water was a waste of time because it was always inaccurate when I, when I dealt with wort. So what I would do was get a good, precise measurement with my hydrometer, and then I would take drops of that, put it on the refractometer, and I would calibrate the refractometer to that. Mm. So refractometers tend to be... You know, precise around a given solution and a given uh, you know color. So if you're if you're making the same beer all the time, it's great. And these these cheaper ones, they have um, uh, you know commercial brewery grade digital refractometers that have um, kind of software to you know uh, adjust for the fact that you're measuring wort, and they're designed for for brewery use, and they're you know a few hundred bucks, I think. Um, I don't have one. I hear good things about them, but you know we just use hydrometers because they're super precise and and easy enough to use, and we don't worry about throwing away you know a couple hundred mils of, of liquid. Yeah, um, and you know, and I use I use the uh, the hydrometer or the uh, refractometer more as a a check when I'm going through the mashing, mm-hmm. and you know, so because I I need that reading pretty quickly. Right, and by the time you get that into a, a cylinder, you get it cooled off. You get your hydrometer in, you know, especially if you're going down, you know, where you're checking your specific gravity. Um, if you're sparging, and you know, you want to stop at, you know, uh, you know, O eleven or wherever you, you know, you choose to to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to to use it for that. So when I'm dialing in a recipe, um, I'll use the refractometer to get a quick reading. But when I'm done, um, I get a sample and put that aside and just let it cool off to see exactly where I was. All right. You know, so it's a it's just a great mm-hmm. uh, quick check tool. Yep. Um, and, and handy and, and not that expensive. Um, uh, what else was I going to say? Uh, right. Uh, and, you know, just about any hydrometer is... Um, good 
But, you know, like we talked about graduated cylinders and other things, it depends a lot on, you know, the printed paper inside of it and how precise that is. They tend to be pretty good. But, you know, they can also slide up and down. So you need to calibrate your hydrometer. The great thing about hydrometers, like John was saying, you can calibrate uh, using uh, distilled water. And, um, you know, that's 100% accurate. Um, you know, as long as you're you got the right temperature, that thing should read read zero, exactly zero, and it'll be good from there on. So there are hydrometers that are more precise, but for most home brewing, um, get yourself any hydrometer and you know do yourself a favor and check your specific gravities because it, it will be very helpful for you as uh, as in your your quest to make perfect beer. All right, let's take a short break, and when we come back, uh, I want to do a little bit about uh, length or girth or distance or circumference or whatever we're saying uh, right after this. Brewing Great Beer is a process of continuous learning, and the best books on every aspect of brewing can be found at Brewers Publications, with more than 50 awesome titles like Modern Homebrew Recipes by Gordon Strong, Designing Great Beers, The Ultimate Guide to Brewing Classic Beer Styles by Ray Daniels, American Sour Beers, Innovative Techniques for Mixed Fermentations by Michael Tonsmeyer, For the Love of Hops, The Practical Guide to Aroma, Bitterness, and the Culture of Hops by Stan Hieronymus and Radical Brewing Recipes, Tales, and World Altering Meditations in a Glass by Randy Mosher, plus many, many more. These are the books and the authors with the knowledge to push your brewing farther than you thought possible. And you'll find them all at fine homebrew and book retailers everywhere. And visit the website at BrewersPublications.com. Brewers Publications, all the best on beer and brewing. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, Grog Tags, your one-stop homebrew customization shop. They have it all from reusable beer and wine labels to durable metal signs to high-quality coasters, and everything is customizable. So get creative over on grogtag.com with one of our hundreds of templates, and we'll print it on high-quality materials and ship it out to you. It's easy. Check out grogtag.com today and use code BNARMY to save 10% on your next order. That's grogtag.com. I also want to tell you about uh, our longtime friend and BN homie, Michael Fairbrother. Uh, our good friend wants you guys to check out his MoonlightMeadery.com. Moonlight Meadery, mead for any occasion. Moonlight Meads are the reference standards for mead categories in the BJCP style guidelines. And I've tasted them. I think that's some high-quality mead right there. And right now you can save 10% on two or more bottles by using BN Army at MoonlightMeadery.com slash shop. Wonderful, delicious, category-defining Moonlight Mead. Check them out and let them know we sent you. Use offer code BN Army at checkout at Moonlight Meadery. Com slash shop. All right, so uh, we were talking about uh, um, uh, specific gravity before we ended. Any thoughts to wrap up on that before we move on to length or girth or whatever it is? I'll take that as a no. <laughs> Pretty good on that. All right. Um, uh, so length, uh, you know, it, it started out kind of as a joke. We we're going to talk about length in the brewery and you know, what are you measuring in the brewery with length? But, uh, you know, once I started thinking about it, you know, the things that we're measuring in, at our brewery uh, every day is things like uh, seams on cans, um, 
crowns, the crimp on crowns. So we have a gauge for that. We have a micrometers that we use on the seams. We have a, a video. Uh, we have a, a seam saw and then a, a video inspection camera that videos the, the, the details of the seam and you can measure your, your cover hook and your first op and your second op and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's critical to, you know, proper operation of the brewery. Um, uh, you know, we have a lot of tape measures. We do a lot of measuring with tape measures. I think a lot of times people don't understand how a tape measure works. Um, you know, unless you've done some construction, you don't realize that the, the little nub on the end, it slides for a reason. Uh, so when you push it up against something, it comes in so your measurement is correct to that point. When you hook it over the end of something, it slides out so your measurement is correct to the end of that point. So um, that's that's why that little thing slides. It's not loose because somebody didn't no, do a good job manufacturing it. It's yeah. purposefully made that way so uh, you get a correct measurement. Uh, most uh, you know tape measures you buy from the hardware store are fairly precise. Um, you know they've kind of mastered the yeah. production of that 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 uh, uh, of the marks on that on that rule. Um, yeah, it may not be you know to the you know thirty second of an inch once you're twenty five feet out, but it's pretty pretty darn close. Like any measurement device, it's accurate enough for its purpose. Right, and if and if you're using it to cut a piece of lumber. Well, okay, you know, you're using the same mark. You should be okay. <laughs> you don't really need It'll to know square. what the measure was. Right. Um, a good tool to use around the brewery is uh, is a laser. Uh, uh, distance finder? Yeah, uh, distance finder uh, measure. Um, they don't they don't cost too much. Uh, you can get a really nice, uh, I have one from Bosch that I think I paid 100 bucks for. I use it all the time. And um, you know when you're when you're measuring a space for fermenters or you're measuring your building for ABC or TTB um, diagrams, it saves you a ton of time because you're trying to measure, you know, 150 feet or you know, 50 feet or whatever with a tape measure. It's a pain in the butt where you could just stand at the end, shoot a button, and, and there you go, and you write down your number. So I recently had to. Redo our diagrams because we're going to start offering uh, cocktails from our distillery in the tap room. And so we have to resubmit everything with all new. And they want measurements on everything. So, uh, you know, it took me 15 minutes to go around the entire building and measure, you know, all these distances because I had that. Very useful tool, especially vertically. You want to see what your clear height is, whether that fermenter is going to come in on its side or it can come in standing up. Um, one of those things, uh, really helpful versus trying to uh, get up there and dangle something. Well, or, yeah, it's a two man yeah. job and with you know two ladders, right? Versus right. a one man job, it's a big right. difference. So that's important. Um, you know, a common thing that I do is uh, measure uh, O rings. So we'll have O rings. There's so many O rings in a brewery, and eventually something fails, and it's like, well, the O ring. Okay, so you got this torn O-ring that you're trying to measure, and um, you know how do you figure out what size that is? Well, the way they they figure out the size of these, it's it's there's the diameter of the the uh, the, the core, the, the the piece of rubber that goes around, right? And then there's the outside of the of the O-ring, and with those two measures, you can order O-rings. But you need to know those. So you need a micrometer. They have uh, digital micrometers nowadays that are that are pretty good. You can get them. Uh, they have ones at uh, Harbor Freight for 
10 bucks, 20 bucks that are actually pretty darn good. Um, again, you know, it's a cheaper tool, so the precision may not be quite there, but generally when you're measuring things like O-rings, really helpful. Um, the same thing on uh, many other things around the brewery. Uh, you should have a, a micrometer. Um, you should have uh, some tape measures. Uh, the laser measuring device is really handy, but, you know, not critical. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned we were met talking about pressure earlier, mm-hmm. and me- measuring your line length is very important for balancing your draft system, right? Absolutely, right. So you need to know when I was uh, redoing our coal box, I have a certain type of tubing. Well, got out the tape measure, and I'm like, all right, I need 16 feet. And, uh, you know, that, that should balance me out. So um, really, really handy to uh, know these these uh, dimensions. Um uh, one other thing that uh, we'll do is we'll check the um, size of fermenters. If we get something in, um, new type of vessel, I always like to check it, double check it. You know, they'll tell me it's a certain, you know, volume, but by checking the diameter, checking the height, I'm able to calculate out what the actual volume should be and see if it's close enough to you know what they say. Um, you know, there's been some rude surprises at breweries with equipment coming in and then the volume's not the same and then they're overflowing them Mm -hmm. Uh, i I can't think of what brewery it was they were like yeah they told us there were 30 barrel fermenters and you know we went ahead and started pumping it over and it all came gushing out the top and found out they're like 25s Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah you know before you fill them just kind of sanity check again. Well, uh, check, but yeah. it matters. Yeah. Uh, you know, you check with uh, whatever your your tool of choice is. Um, what else? I mean, that's all I can really think about uh, length at this time. Uh, you guys got anything to add, uh, Palmer or Blickman? I can't think of anything. Um, covered it well. That was yeah. more than you thought there was to cover about length, right? Yeah, and you did, and you did work wood into the conversation. I did. Right, the length of your wood is very important. Um, and girth, girth. Um, you know, one of my favorite ways to measure girth is to take a, like a string, wrap it around, you know, and then you know you can lay it out against a, like a ruler and check you know your girth. Or maybe yardstick. It just depends. depends, on how it depends on your what kind of girth you're talking or, about. Or the laser pointer. The laser, laser girth, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't now think we've got it, this interesting <laughs> tape measure that many people have not heard of. The rubber it's tape measure? A, a pie tape? A pie tape, yes. Yeah. For measuring so pies? All the, the gradu- all the, uh, uh, the markings are multiplied by pi. Uh-huh. So you can wrap that around a tank, for example, uh-huh. and instead of huh. uh, trying to figure out what the, the diameter is, you just wrap it around there and you read diameter right on the tape. Yeah. Oh, that's handy. It is. Well, you figure out the diameter by just running a tape around it. That's your diameter. Yeah, but you get it in inches rather than... Uh, right. Yeah, it actually gives you the... directly reads out the diameter. Yeah, instead of circumference. Oh, right. It's a, it's oh, yeah, a right. luxury item, but, you know, <laughs> you who doesn't can, like, want to buy a tape? Divide by 3.14. Okay. Oh, that's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, after 500 <laughs> tanks. That would take a calculator, I think, or at least pen and paper. <laughs> that's very interesting. I have never heard of a pie tape before. Have you just made this up? 
This is a product, a new Blickman engineering product? I'll send you one. I need a big one, a really long one. Just saying. My tanks are big. They have very girthy tanks. At least you Scott laughs more times than I could admit, Jamel. <laughs> Good thing Scott's here. Oh, damn. This would be like the cricket her. show. I was thinking that was more of an I'm application. I'm sorry you can hear me shaking my head. <laughs> I should have known. I should have felt it. This is my spidey sense. should have known you were shaking your head. <laughs> Disgusted. Oh, well, I thought it was a, a good series of shows. I think we, we really uh, kind of uh, provided some interesting and, and useful information that I think, you know, a lot of times well, people don't, uh, yeah, they don't, they, you know, they don't want to think about these things. But you know, if you want to be a great brewer, if you want to make great beer, I think you need to think these things through. I think you need to perfect these these abilities of, of measurements. And that's why we did these shows. So hopefully you find them very helpful. Um, uh, and if you find them helpful and useful, don't forget to support our fine sponsors, especially uh, Blickman Engineering. Go to BlickmanEngineering.com. Check out all the goodies and great things they have there to improve your brew day. Uh, send uh, an email to feedback at BlickmanEngineering.com to tell John how much you appreciate that he pays for the show so you don't have to. Uh, check out our other sponsors, uh, uh, Moonlight Meadery, uh, White Labs, um, Grog Tag. Uh, the Brewers Publications, all fine companies doing great work to uh, help you improve your brew day. Uh, check them out. And if you can, go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. Check out the stuff there. If you find any goodies that lo- would look cool uh, for you or your friends, pick them up because every dollar you spend goes directly to the bottom line of the Brewing Network and helps keep all the shows on the air, and we do appreciate that. Until then, everybody, brew strong. Brew strong, everyone. Brew strong, everyone.